everybody welcome to the one way my name is carl i'm your host and you knew that i'm on the producing button today we got john hey john hello this is how many podcasts is it this t- is it um as of now john uh so it's my fifth one hey. so yeah getting get it going basically and you're you've been absolutely fantastic i've got to say so if anyone who is looking to book a producer get down to voxel comedy club then yeah, make sure this guy's doing it. he's fantastic all right um on the hot seat today we got the wonderful andy story hey andy how are you <laughs> i'm all right how are you man i'm fantastic thank you very much brilliant I, I feel like i might be a little bit greasy on the face because i've dashed here ah, and i went worry. to the gymna- gymnasium as well the so. gymnasium which um, yeah. which gymnasium did you use i went to the energy fitness in um bow um no i didn't energy fitness near bow church anyway do you feel energized yeah, I feel good. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, I've got. I've been wanting to have you on for a while because I and I don't say this lightly. You are pound for pound one of the best joke writers that I know personally. Thank you. And I, um, whenever I see you, I kind of think, wow, you've done something different with that material, even if it's the same yeah. kind of setup or the same. Um, or the same premise mm. you've always some- added something a little bit different yeah. um, what is your process yeah interesting because uh, a lot of people do say what you said but actually in my mind I've always considered myself a main is mainstream comedy you know yeah until about maybe two or three years ago so I've been doing stand-up for about 11 years now and uh, I couldn't always consider it mainstream so I, I never thought what I was writing was was different or quirky or mm. odd in a way. And uh, so um, now that I've discovered it, then sort of working with that. But my process is um, is not good. Uh, it's <laughs> That's not, the best it's not good. Um, I don't have a process. And I try to write every day mm. at a table like this one, you know, in the, my dining area or living room, sorry. <laughs> Which is dining as well. Yeah, <laughs> you can dine in your living room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I try to do it every day morning pages. I don't know if you know morning pages, mm. where you write three sides of a four stream of consciousness every morning, and then you have another piece of paper to the side. And sometimes, well, a lot of the times, uh, after a few days of working on that, you get ideas uh, come in from the subconscious, presumably, or from somewhere, and then you jot those down while you're writing the. Stream of consciousness can be anything. It just could even be the same word repeated over and mm. over. So I tried that, and I tr- try in my life always to make a, a system, um, a work schedule, but I, but I can't do it, <laughs> and uh, it's I never do it. So um, I have bursts of hyperfocus, yeah, because I have ADHD. Same, Hi- yeah. So yeah. hyperfocus, which is great. But of course, when that wanes, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> I a uh, total um, uh, block, you know, or resistance to call it maybe. Mm. So, um, so I have that. So I, f- I find writing very, very difficult. I haven't written anything, really. Maybe just three bits since the lockdown. Really? Yeah, nothing at all. Total, uh, total resistance to it. Does that include the um, some of the stuff that I've seen? Re- some of the stuff that I've seen. And over the past few months, yeah, I've I've, I've written a, a few bits, a, a vegan bit, and a bit about the voices in my head. Yes, that's what I was going. Those at. were newer bits, and I've added to some older bits, but I haven't written. I I I, I would say altogether, I have a, probably about an hour and a half, you know, 
Okay. 11 years of real solid uh, stuff I could use on a weekend, you know, in any kind of environment, you mm. know. Although I would stay away from, from certain uh, certain bits of it. Yeah. About a solid hour and a half. And, you know, I'm, I'm very satisfied with that. Oh, good. And uh, if I can eke any other bits out at the moment, if, if I feel resistance, then if I eke something out, it's absolutely fine. Mm. I don't, um, I don't uh, worry about what's happening no uh, now do you know what i mean if i find resistance or i i can't do it or i do do it i just accept what's happening now brilliant so and that's the way i work and um i'm very inspired in the writing by uh other people really mm. just how somebody like ourselves or myself or p many uh performers anyway in all different uh uh, genres of performance, dance, theatre, actors, comedy, uh, cabaret, and how we negotiate uh, what we would call civilians, you mm. know, in real life, um, which often we find very difficult. How do you negotiate civilians in real life? Oh, <laughs> it really isn't easy for me. I find it very difficult. Uh, you know what I hate the most at the moment? And I had I get this every day of my life, every day. It's like a uh, a tall person who somebody will, will always tell them every day that they're tall. You know, um, always got one this morning about my beard and my hair, as if I didn't know I I looked like this. <laughs> and but what they preface uh, their um, conversation starter with is, I've really got to say, they'll say. I <laughs> I've really got to say something about your beard. And I always think you don't You don't have you don't to. got to say this at all. You, know? you can literally just keep it to you yourself. Just, you don't need to say anything. I don't need to know that that I've got a hair and beard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't need to know it. So so this is very difficult for me and I find I get this every day, uh, more than once or twice. I get heckled quite a lot, uh, to and from the gigs. Uh, never in the comedy usually. No. But on the journeys to and from on the train. Always men. Uh, although it was a, a, a woman this morning, actually. Oh, that's a change. Yeah, sometimes people ask if they can touch my hair and beard. Oh, and welcome they, to my world, sir. Sometimes they don't ask. No, nope. they just reach out. Yeah, and oh, you see the hand oh. coming. Or oh, they, or oh, for me, it's uh, just yeah, for yeah, no reason. No reason. Like it's it, really awful. It is awful. Thank you. Yeah, Finally, a really white guy who understands how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. It's and, disgusting. Uh, I like, don't know how to deal with it, but now I, I'm quite uh, rude. Well, it's not As rude. I've got a bit older, I'm a bit rude. Now. Hang, hang on, it's not, it's not rude. It's you saying, nah, I don't want this to happen. You can't touch me. I don't like being touched at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I think since the 2020, since the COVID, or the COVID, as some people um, wanted to pronounce it, which was wrong, wasn't it? COVID, yeah. It's called uh, COVID. Um, the handshake and the you know we did the, the the fist bump and the yeah. elbow, which I thought was quite good actually. Mm. I'm not a huge fan of the of the handshake, or, or touching, but I know people still do it and, and that's absolutely fine. <laughs> you know I'll go along with most. Uh, it was like you, like you did today. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, some things I'll go along with it because that, that's that's yeah. nice. But someone's reaching their hand. That's absolutely fine. But I do try to avoid all contact, <laughs> physical contact in life, if I can. I do, I do have a partner, you know, and we do a kiss and, and things like that up, upstairs. You know? Oh, that's good. 
but I uh, try to avoid most contact with other people, you know, not not for cleanliness reasons, just because I just, don't want I just to. don't like other people, <laughs> really. That's, that's <laughs> fair enough. Honest, you know. that's I was fair. thinking on the way here, actually, that I thought as I'd got a bit older that I developed empathy, <laughs> but, uh, but it passed, you know. <laughs> I actually thought that uh, th this week, I thought, you're maturing as a person, Andy, and you've developed some kind of empathy, but actually, I think I think I am. I'm resisting that. You're resisting it? I'm resisting being mature and an adult. I've been resisting it for a long, long time. I'm, fr I'm afraid of it. Why are you afraid of being an adult? Because I think the muse is the child, you know, mm. and I'm worried that if I get, if I mature, which I know is the right thing to do, because you get more opportunities in life if, mm. if you if you are you act your if you are mature if you're an adult in adult society mm -hmm. you, you know you you don't fall foul to uh, people not liking you or whatever but um, or opportunities missed but I worry that that uh, if you if I become a uh, an adult which I am you know yes you are but if you're I, very if much I, an adult if I accept it. Then, uh, then the the muse of the Andy story, the boy, might uh, who fuels, mm. who is the engine, the engine house of the of any creative work, will. Uh, well, you're afraid that the boy that, that you you're afraid that if you mature out, then the creative side of you will disappear. What what if it shrinks? Yeah, into, and I leave him behind because I'm now an adult. Mm. Can there not be like a happy medium between the two where maybe, you kind yeah. of grow enough to you think, well, maybe people aren't too terrible and you still yeah. maintain some of the childlike energy? Yeah, maybe maybe I have that now. I think there's an evolution in my body now. Don't ever change, Andy. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> don't ever change. But sometimes the child person can, can, can ruin opportunity, you know. That's right. Can be too nervous or can be too anxious about something. Mm. Can, as I said tonight, can make a decision and say, you know what, I'm late. I, I can't do it. I can't get on another tube. And let's just let's just quit this. And well, that's the just voice. Go home. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the voice not in mature. your head. It's not mature. No, that's the voice. That's the voice in your head. It's not professional. No, but I think most of us have that voice. Well, I yeah. think most of us who are new or not neurotypical yeah. have that voice in our heads. Yeah, yeah. But it's just we've got to kind of silence that voice. Yeah. Or not silence it. it silence. We can let it talk a little bit, but we've got yeah. to like drown it out with a little bit of Miley Cyrus music or something. Miley Cyrus. They, I love Miley. Now she's great. Thank you. Fantastic. Ah, uh, uh, so we've got idiots. We both like. We both like Miley Cyrus. Who doesn't like Miley? I don't know. The wrong people. Like idiots. Great. Great. Idiots. Fantastic. Did uh, you see her singing with Billy Billy Idol? Billy Idol. She sang Rebel Yell. It's on YouTube. I I, I absolutely saw, fantastic. She well she did. The best cover of Jolene at the 2017 Wango Tango. Well, it's yeah. so full of soul, so full of so full of um, yeah. energy. It was just the voice. Fan yeah. Oh, the voice is fantastic. And what did you expect? Because she is Dolly Parton's goddaughter. There we are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've, I've got to ask you this: What's the worst gig you've ever done? <laughs> hmm. You don't have to name names, worst but like worst one. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, oh my God, so many really. <laughs> what was that chain of clubs? You know, there was one in um, Camden. Was it just the tonic? Just not just the tonic. Was it highlights or something? I can't remember the name of it now. I mean, my, my wasn't jonglers. Jonglers, that's it. 
Oh my god! I walked out in the Camden one. I don't know if you've ever been in. I don't think it, I don't know if it's even open anymore. Is it? Is it one really of the? Is, is it in the stables? The one in the Camden Mark. Camden Mark. It's in there. That was, a little bridge. Yeah. So they. It's a massive room. It's yeah. And very long room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So that was a Jonglers, and now and then it was a Just a Tonic, but oh, since good. COVID, they can't. Just a tonic's not there anymore, um, which is kind of a okay. shame because I quite liked going there, paying twenty quid to see three. three You're gonna die. <laughs> um, <I'm, laughs> it was me and Mark Silcox. Wow. I think okay. Mark was. I think me and Mark were in the middle or something. I'm not sure Mark was closing it, but in my mind, I can't remember. I met I met him. Saw him in the toilet. As all and, good stories uh, start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Julia Chamberlain was there actually watching and I walked out and I just heard somebody say look at this cunt and then I never got I never got a laugh beyond Aww. that was it. The, that person <laughs> in the audience got a laugh and nothing got nothing I died I died inside it's, it was a long time ago it's one of those one it's one of those rooms one. where like yeah I've seen you can you either do really well or really badly. There's no real in-betweens. I've seen comedians do fantastically there, but at the same time, and these are good these are good yeah. comics, like die hideously. Yeah. I don't, you know, when it comes to dying, I don't think I think dying is about it's about yourself, isn't it? You know, mm. it's not about the audience, you know, or someone shouting, look at this, the state of this cunt or whatever. It's about you can't if you're enjoying yourself. Mm. Even even if no one's laughing, it's not it's not that's not dying, you know. No, it's dying when you. It's the feeling you get. <laughs> it's the it's the feeling you get. When you're hurting right? inside. Yeah, but I think I don't think I really don't think I could die anymore. <laughs> I don't think that because I don't I don't care enough in a good in a good way to um to die to allow them to kill you. I don't really care. If there's money attached to the to the gig, I don't care. And if there's no money, I don't care. Because <laughs> there's no money, do you know what I mean? Do you get paid? Do you, are you one of those ones who will ask to get paid before you go up? Or oh, I don't. I don't have any superstitions. Fair enough. I think you have to. I think you have to stop those. Yeah. That's something quite much. I stopped those very early on. You know, I was an actor. I trained as an actor. And you have to stop all of that because that that's not good. Uh, that's not good for you. No. It's not good for anybody, the superstition. So I, I cut all of that out. And of course, you still have some things you might, small things, you know. If you if you were to film somebody or myself before I went on, I'm sure I'm doing some repetitive uh, repetitive things. Possibly. I try not to. I, yeah, I used to be, a, I used to like rehearse my set. Const I used to like rehearse yeah, my set yeah. and walk up and down in a, to in a toilet or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Because it, the fact, well, it just make you feel like you're more prepared than you actually are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, preparation is is key, of course, to to all the arts, you know, to cr any creative work. But you can't be. You, I don't think you can be, ever be too prepared for any performance art. Mm. Um, Do you know what I wasn't prepared to really like? Rising Damp. Oh my God. It's real. It's real. Yeah. Uh, so Rising Damp's the show that we're talking is the yeah. show we're talking about today. Yeah. And when I messaged you and 
you suggested this show or something or something and else. Some others do have them, yeah. Yeah, some others do have them exactly. Michael Crawford, yeah. And I and I thought I've never seen right. I've never seen Rising Down. Yeah. So I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna give that one a watch. I looked at the premise and I was like, okay, this could be. This is gonna be. <laughs> It's going to be inter- it's going to be an interesting yeah, yeah, watch for course, me. Yeah. And when it first started, I was a bit like, yeah, this is definitely a 1970s sitcom. Because yeah. for those of you who haven't seen it, yeah. it's about a landlord played by Robert Lasseter. Um, Leonard Rossiter. Yeah. Leonard, Leonard Rossiter, that's the one. Um, Leonard Rossiter. And he is, he's got a tenant, he's got a tenant, um, um, and he's got a female. He's also got a female talent. Miss Jones. Miss Jones. Yeah. yeah. Got and Alan and uh, Philip, of course. Yeah, Philip that's Smith. right. That's yeah. right. And then Miss Jones, she says, "Oh, he's got he's got room to rent." And then Miss Jones t- um, tells him of someone who's quite well. Mr. Smith is quite well. He's quite well to do. Yeah. And because he the the landlord is uh, he wants. To let it out to more well-to-do pe- to more well-to-do yeah. people, he's like, "Yep, bring him on, bring him in." Um, turns out he's black. That's right. And what's interesting about yep. that is that when he, when it's revealed that he's black, yeah. that's the advert break. Yeah. If you notice on the first episode, yeah, that's the like the cliff. The, that's the cliffhanger. He yeah. Even speak at that part. I don't think. Oh, he says hello or something, and then that's that. That's the that's the ad break, which is which is quite a bold uh, bold move. Bold move. Yeah. Um. So and he is. It turns out he's a very, very right. He's a very, very right wing. Indiv- he's a very right wing individual, and so hmm. no, not the not the black guy. Not um, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, Rigsby. Rigsby is a Rigsby. Ver- yeah. He is a very right wing individual, and he expresses a quite a few views, which are a bit which would yeah. be very considered very retrograde even back then, by quite a, by quite a few people. Certainly, certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it turns out that Mr. Smith. Is the is a very well to is a very well to do person, and subvert and the he's always Rigsby's always seen to be is always the idiot in this situation. If that makes sense, that's right. So in a lot of these 1970s sitcoms, it is just um, racism, racism, racism is the actual joke. However, in this, the joke is. That he's got these views, but he's an idiot for ha- but he's, everyone around him says he's an idiot for having them. That's right. I mean, the comedy therein lies that Rigsby is, is twofold here because he is not expecting Philip to be black. No. But f- when he learns that Philip, I, th- I mean, you know, we have to, we we believe Philip is. Uh, Pulling his leg a little bit with the with the African chief, yeah, uh, uh, story uh, storyline. But it's Miss Jones that says that he's an African chief initially. Initially, yeah. But then the the comedy lies in the fact that that he he doesn't know that he's black. But then uh, Rigsby likes to think that he's got ideas of, that he's got ideas above his stations. Yes, is so he, he's now in a, in a com a combat between his opinions of Philip as an African man. Yeah, but also Philip as a regal man, yes. who he wants to impress. There's an episode where they go to a restaurant and Philip. I saw Philip yeah. actually books the table and yeah. knows the maitre d. So yeah, I love that. I love that scene. So when they go, when they get to the restaurant, and he think, Rigsby thinks that um, 
Philip is going to be the one who's going to get stopped and isn't going to be allowed in. That's so right. he just he just says, oh, they, you know, you had to dress like this, otherwise they won't allow the riffraff. They won't allow the riffraff in. Uh, uh, yeah. Philip just and goes, Rigsby is the riffraff. Yes, That's the, which is the the comedy. Uh, Philip just goes. Philip just goes yeah. straight in, and the mate and the major D stops um, stops uh, stops 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 Rigsby, and. It turns out, as you said, he knows the he knows the major because right. he is he is a regular there. That's right. Yeah, I think what's interesting about I mean, we're talking about the it was interesting. Firstly, is that when I watched the documentary refresh uh, refresher before I came to see you mm. uh, last night, a couple of documentaries that the, the the sitcom was originally a play called Banana Box, which was starred Wilfred Bramble, who was who was Steptoe in Steptoe and yeah. And a different different cast. I think it was then recast, and then Leonard Rossiter and um, took it on. Took it on. Uh, but in the play and in the situation comedy, the the comedy is about uh, Philip. That's what it's about. Yeah. But certainly, when I watched it as a younger person, and when I watch it now, because of Leonard's performance, mm. because of his stature in in the arts as an actor. Yeah. It doesn't always read as it's actually a sitcom about Leonard about Rigsby. Do you see what I mean? So you're saying it doesn't, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to me that Philip is the, is not the central character. No. Do you see what I mean? He's not the no. Again, it's almost a sitcom about the the life of this boarding house. Yes. And all the characters in the boarding house. Yeah. But actually the play was written it was about this uh black man. Yeah. Coming into this boarding house, and actually, it doesn't seem to me. Or maybe I'm saying that because I'm a white man, but mm. it doesn't never seem to me to be a show about that. No, I think, and I think the show is definitely. I think the show is definitely because of the performances are so strong. All the, you know, because of the performances are so strong, and potentially back in the seventies, they may not have wanted the black man to be the main, the main yeah, story, the main, right, the main yeah, character, yeah. but. Like the performances all around are very strong. Great, all, all, yeah. Um, so you've got uh, uh, Mrs. Um, I am looking Mrs. at my Jones, um, Francis Delatour. Francis Delatour was a Delator. Cla classical actor. Oh yeah, and you've got um, rest in um, Richard Be uh, Beckinsale. Beckinsale, rest in, pe rest rest in, in peace. peace. Yeah, because um, he did bloody he did porridge as well. Porridge, yeah. And, and some movies and different things. Yeah, and he didn't do well. Obviously, he died before the. Uh, before the Rising Damp movie came out, yeah, yeah, but I'm sure he'd have done that too. Did you watch the Rising Damp movie? Yeah, it's, it's supposed that movie's supposed to be um, uh, the play Banana Box uh, brought to the that was the original play, mm. but w when you watch it, it's almost like um, uh, a, a collage of all the some bits of every episode, isn't it? It's, yeah, in the movie, it's like a you know, so if you've seen the episode, you've seen the film, really. So, oh yeah, because they because they leave because they leave um, they leave the bed sit and they go to and they go out into <laughs> yeah. the big city. Well, I yeah. always think when you, when the sitcom characters leave mm. their small habit in habit habitat, what you call it, I always think it never works quite. Yeah. So much. Also, when they go outside as well, it's a bit like Holiday on the Buses, where they go to the Costa Plonka. Just not, just don't no, do it. I think you shouldn't never go outside. No, just. I mean, no. Frank Spencer in Some Others to Have Him was less successful when he was outdoors. Yeah. It's got to be inside, I think. I agree. Yeah. But no, I think I think it's a very, I think it's very of the time, very very 1970s. Yeah. However, I think that it's one of those sitcoms where you give it a chance, and it is. It's actually making some very good points. 
Yeah, it, it makes some very good points. And also, what what I you know don't have the answers to is that when it's you know it was, it was seventy. I think the play was earlier seventy. It was seventy four. I think the first episode of mm. Rising Town. So we're in the early seventies. And when there is a Philip, uh, uh, the black character, and let's say there's a joke about um, when he on the first episode mm. called Rooksby and. Uh, which was the original uh, original name of the series. Yeah. There was actual somebody complained because there was an actual landlord <laughs> called Rooksby. <laughs> so they changed. But this first episode is called that. When he comes in to meet Philip for the first time in his room, his new room, and he sees a, a spear and a <laughs> shield on the wall. Yeah. Now one can only presume, uh, to my mind, that the writer has put a spear and a shield, uh, a, a shield and a spear on the wall. And not the character. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. No, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So that then we can play a joke about, uh, uh, we can play a joke that the audience, myself, and millions, millions of others, we can, we are, we are laughing. Mm. This is my question. We're laughing really about our own pre preconceptions. You know, if we didn't have, if if I didn't have the preconceptions, that. Which is a strange thing to say, but it, let's say a joke about when when he says, "Would you, would you be more comfortable with with your shoes and socks off?" Hmm. Now that is only funny, can only be funny, if I if the audience have a preconception that African people have bare feet. Yeah, can only be funny. Yeah. So when so when I smile and laugh along at the joke, that is from a preconception. All of this, all of the humor there with the spear, the shield, it's is from, yeah. is from um, well, where is it from? But it's from what we've what we've learned, or what your what the well, audience has learned what about been, African people exactly, and how they, how yeah. what the audience has been told that how otherwise there's no exactly. joke, exactly. Otherwise there's no joke, and that's why when when uh, when Philip comes in, yeah. and he's none of those stereotypes, he blows everything out of the water. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and to say that he and the fact that he's well allegedly um, a he's a descendant of a of a of a tra of a, of royalty in Africa in Africa. Yeah, like also he says. So also he says. Yeah. Do you think he actually is? Or no, well, it's never quite revealed, really. No. But I think he's sort of stringing him along a little bit because there's an episode with the. Do you know? I don't know if you've seen the one with the with the Lovewood. Mm -hmm. Where he tells he can woo Miss Jones, he's got some African wood. <laughs> if he burns it, he, and he and he, it's just a piece of wood from the from the wardrobe. Yeah, and of course Rigsby burns it, and he's wafting it. You see, I reckon I reckon that he is a I reckon he is a descendant of um of African royalty. However, he's just playing on African stereotypes because yeah, he's yeah. trying to make. He's again, he's seeing how much he can make a fool out yeah. of a make a fool out of Rigsby. Now this is interesting point I make to you. Is in the seventies there was um. Because obviously I was there, but yes, you will, you, will, you, will, you will know this. But I'm not. You know, I don't want to. I'm not um, patronising anyone. Go on then. It was a, a comedy show called the the comedians. The comedians, yeah. Which was all different comedians doing sort of. Bernard Ma bits. It was Bernard That's Manning. Right. It was uh, the load up. Now there was a documentary on that, and, and there was a. I don't remember the name of the comedian. A black, uh, more than one black comedian on it, I'm sure. Yep. But there was one. And I can't think of his name. It escapes me, but. The point still, I still make it. Mm -hmm. 
is that uh, when, was it th- when was, Lenny, was, was Lenny Henry on The Comedians? It wasn't Lenny Henry. He may have been on a, a later uh, incarnation of it, but it, mm. it's, it's another guy, an older guy. And when, uh, when interviewed... Felix... De- no, not no, no older, than, older than this. When, when interviewed, the point I make is that he said comedians in those days, black comedians, made, uh, uh, made jokes... Um, which were sort of white person jokes so about it, themselves. Yeah. So, for instance, they would say, you wouldn't want me living next door to you. Yeah. And they were uncomfortable with that. But they, but to get along, to, to, to get the work, mm. they would make jokes like this. And I think Lenny Henry, one of Lenny Henry's first ever jokes was, uh, come on stage and say, ladies and gentlemen, I've got comedy for you, now it's in colour. <laughs> Yeah. So this kind of joke, which they made themselves, but they said they're uncomfortable about. So that's interesting. But I think when when you see the documentaries of um, of uh, can't think of his his name, Don Warrington, who plays Philip in yeah in Rising Town, he he doesn't seem to express any concerns about that. But I, th- I have a feeling that uh, from the comedians that that I did see interviewed. They just came to terms with it, and it sort of embedded it into the yeah. That that's what they had to do. And well, I think once what you know. Well, I think well with this particular show, yeah. I think there's I think he may have potentially have less worries about this particular this particular character because because yeah, the writing that the show is about how Rigsby is an idiot it for is. for it having is. for having that for having those views. So it is every character around Rigsby. Yeah. Doesn't agree with him and is saying Quite you're right. wrong for have you're wrong for having these Quite views. Right. Like whether it be the sexist views that he has to get. Well, um, the because he he is a he's trying to be a womanizer. Of course, and, he's, and of course. he is quite. A, he's a bit of a pervy old man, and Mrs. Jones is, has no interest in him whatsoever. Miss got to be Miss. Miss Jones has no interest. Uh, yes, I know. Perpetually single has um, no interest in him whatsoever. Um, her eyes are fun enough on. Uh, Philip, Philip, of course, yeah. That's right. Again, well, well, why so, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, exactly. And a mix. Alan was was handsome as well, but yeah, he was actually. But again, that's another that's another boundary break. That's another boundary breaking thing. A a sort of a potential mixed race relationship on TV. That's right. I think in the first episode, episode, uh, she Jones couldn't get off. She couldn't keep off him. Let's have black on white. She oh yeah, she could. Yeah, she couldn't <laughs> keep bloody off him when she brought when she brought when he walked yeah. in. What's interesting about her character, Miss Jones, actually, uh, Francis Tillotour's character, is is she also um, rebukes the sexism as well, mm. and she also, you know, like, as we're talking about Philip, she also turned. You know, the, the joke is on, is on the man. Yeah, you know, he, obviously he. There, there is sexist uh, uh, bits on it. In fact, there's an episode. I was told I, uh, as an actor when I worked with some uh, an actor who knew this uh, as a fact that there's an episode. Um, I think it's called the Grey Lady. Uh, it is called that, uh, where um, they think the house is haunted. You know, and there's a new character called Brenda in it, mm-hmm. and they're doing a séance around the table, and. Uh, they, they stand up as Alan, I think, or somebody, and Brenda and, and Rigsby stand up very quickly, and they they they're they're in fright and they sort of turn to each other and ah like this, <laughs> and and uh, Len Rossiter, the actor, 
uh, happened to touch Brenda's breasts. Oh. But, but just <laughs> yeah. in, in front of a live studio audience, as he turned and improvised, we were quite firm. <laughs> you know, just because he didn't mean to do it, so that was really nice uh, to you know, quite firm. So uh, yeah, so is that a lost episode or is that a, or no? That's an actual episode. Yeah, they they kept that in. But, but then that fits in with the character. That it fits, fits in, in with yeah. the character. So there is sort of that sort of, uh, of course. Uh, I mean, obviously you get sexism now in life. Yeah, and I haven't seen it much in in a sitcom, but uh, of course it was rife in the. Right, and carry on in the 70s. And stuff. Oh, yeah, Barbara so, Windsor and every, like that bit in Carry On Camping where she where they're doing the <laughs> where they're doing the aerobics. <laughs> oh, <and>. yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, oh, right. I, I mean, I love I do like watching these things yeah. just looking at okay, mm. this is what this yeah. is what comedy was like back then. But I do think that this was when you've come when you're coming up against um, whatchamacallit, um, Alf Garnet. I've got, I've and um, and you're coming up against um, what you call it, the one with, um, I hate saying, uh, the one with Rudolph Walker. What was it? what Rudolph uh, Walker? It was um, um, starred Rudolph Walker. He was the black guy, and he was living next to white neighbor. It love was, thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. That's the one. So when you're coming up against shows like that, yeah. this one does look a lot better in comparison. Maybe better, yeah. I, I or, more, or more yeah. progressive. I don't know a huge amount about that one. I mean, the writing in, in Rising Damp is is the the joke uh, ratio and all the writing. It's, it's really crisp. It's beautiful writing. It's, it is. And it's the way he speaks is so... He speaks so fast. I... I Struggled to keep up with some of it, so like yeah. there's jokes rapid, 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 he had rapid. To write rap more uh, dialogue because he spoke so quick. Yeah, it's rapid fire. He died of a heart attack. Because he, he did. So high energy. He liked to play squash, and he was very fit. I don't think he drank very. You know, he's very, very hyperactive. That's weird. Cause maybe in these days he maybe would have had some. Leonard died of a heart. Leonard died of Leonard yeah, must have. Yeah. But that's weird because Richard died of a heart attack as well. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. So he died in ninety. He died in nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. He complained of chest pains. Yeah. And he didn't go to a doctor because, you know, why would you? He's going to be fine. You're going to be yeah, fine. Yeah. Woke up dead. Didn't, well, didn't wake up dead, but I hate that phrase, wake up, dead. You, up can't, dead. you can't wake up dead. He woke up dead the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's great. Um, yeah. He, he, Waking dead. He woke up dead the, ne woke up dead the next day. <laughs> it's, it's a good phrase. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a good phrase, yeah. It's a stupid phrase, but it's, it doesn't make any Waking sense. Waking up but dead. It's yeah. Be something. He woke, yeah, he woke up. He woke up dead the next day. Um, so that's two of them who died of, died of a heart attack. Eric died. Um, Eric, the creator, he died last year of natural oh, natural year, causes. Yeah, really? yeah, died of natural causes. Uh, the writing, you know, the writing is so good. And of course, as we spoke about before, these sitcoms like Porridge as well. Yeah. Um, all of these actors were classically trained repertory rep, rep actors, repertory actors. Yeah. So, there's there's a different depth there in in the acting. I mean, it's absolutely superb. Oh, I, uh, I agree. Maybe in comparison to more of a a TV a TV actor, you know. Yeah, or not even a, well, maybe not even a TV actor because you get like what happens, what seems to happen now is you get a comedian, he'll get a comedian, he'll get a yeah, sitcom, yeah, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing no, at no, all. Of course. I like I love like the lights of not going out and Mrs. We love Brown. all that. We'd like to be in them. Yes, yes, I'm of not course. That's we would. a bad thing. Yeah, just put us on the writing staff, please. <laughs> but. When you've got th when you've got classically trained actors, it more often than not yeah. can it more often than not elevates the material and yeah. makes it even more watchable. Yeah, and the depth of the characters. Yes. Know? I mean, usually if you get if you had a sitcom now with comedians, they would play themselves. Yeah. You know? Or a version of themselves. A version of themselves, whereas these these were character actors. You know? Yes. Um, so you get you get a different. It's, just, it's not better. It's just a different dimension to it. I think. Mm. 
I think Richard. Uh, I think Richard. Bring Richard Beckinsale. He reminded me a lot of Harry Enfield. Uh, he reminded me of a lot of Harry Enfield's character in the show of Martin, that show of Martin Clunes. What was that card? I don't know that one. It was called. Oh my gosh, what was it called? I did. I did an episode on this. Doctor one. No, not Doc Martin. Doc Martin. No, not Doc Martin. It was he only lasted one series in it, and he, he was re he was replaced by no, he was re he was replaced by uh, he was replaced by Neil, uh, by Neil Morrissey in the show. Maybe the second. There we go. Mm. Maybe badly. I haven't eaten properly today, so this is why. Uh, I'm can I just it. say Doc Martin? Presumably, <laughs> I didn't see. It. Presumably, he was a doctor. Yeah. But because they've called it Doc Martin, it's a shit. there's no reference to the shoes. No. Well, the joke doesn't work. Doesn't understand. <laughs> I don't think it's a comedy. That's what. Is it a comedy? No, but what I'm saying is yeah. the, the joke within the title. Yeah, Doc Martin. It's not about shoes, yeah. But he may wear Doc Martins, I think. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to call it Doc Martin, <laughs> we as the audience... <laughs> we deserve... Even, even the person who's called it Doc Martin, they know that it means... That, 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 that's a, a, a saying that we know, Doc Martin. Yeah. So, but if there's no reference to Doc Martin's in it, maybe they haven't seen it. It does, the joke does, it doesn't work. <laughs> well, it doesn't make sense. The double meaning doesn't doesn't make sense. Do you know what we'll do is we'll what we'll do is we'll watch Doc Martin and I'll have you back on for the next series yeah, to talk let's about it. Watch it and see if there's any yeah. Doc Martin reference in it. Um, anyway, this is a question I love asking people, yeah. right? Um, if you were given like. Uh, so we say, how much does it cost? So it costs a million. It costs a million to make a. Um, it costs a million quid to make a sit. This is James River. It costs a million quid to make a studio audience sitcom per episode, okay. right? So if you're given. Is that how much it costs? Yeah. Per episode. Per episode, yeah. God. So if you're given, say, six or seven million quid to make to remake work Rising Damp for today's audiences, how would you do it? What do you mean, who would I put in it? How would you do it? How would you do it? I don't understand the question. How would you... What, logistically do it? Yep, how would you logistically... No, not logistically, so how would you... What would the story be? What would the kind oh, of characters be? Oh, I see what be? you mean, yeah. Well, I mean, with a sitcom, you'd, you'd have to... It would have to be this. It would have to be... Well, is it? Is it a... Are we talking a, a remake of... You mean a new version of it? Yeah. So rising damp for 2023. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you you, you know you, you could set it in the same environment because of course, people still live in. Yeah. In a student student accommodate in an old, shit house, you know. Um, Would you set it in the same one so there's people who watched it who watched it way back when? Uh, yeah, similar similar house, I think. Mm. I mean, I don't know who you, you, you would cast in it. I, I, I would cast uh, probably a classical act, an actor in it. Mm. Maybe someone that you'd maybe 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 it would be nice to see a sitcom in the modern world with people in it that you don't know. That'd be good. That'd be nice. Time. Actors yeah. that we'd never heard of. Mm. You and I, for example. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but you know what I mean. We most sitcoms now. I think you probably put a star in it don't you yeah you can't well start crow or something it's got a star in it and you know lee max one who's got people that we know mm. was i think it when rising damp although to be fair 
people did know who, if you went to the theatre, you would know who Leonard Rossiter was. And, and But he certainly wasn't a, a comedy uh, uh, name, you know, I don't think. Uh, mm. into, is that, certainly they, they weren't stand-up comedians, for sure, anyway. But, um, yeah, you could do it again. I mean, I would, I would, I'm writing a sitcom, so I would, I would, isn't everybody? Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it and I would, I would uh, do my own one. Okay. With, with the starring me in it. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but you have to make this one. You okay. ITV's given you the money, you've signed yeah, the think, contract. I think the same as Student House, same, same storyline. Okay. Same. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, you couldn't have it. You wouldn't want the. I see what you mean. This, this is a deeper question. I wasn't really listening there. You couldn't, you couldn't have the African uh, fun in it. You couldn't have any African fun from the seventies <laughs> in it, because nobody would laugh. Um, yeah, it'd be very, very, very more like a uh, Samuel Beckett play. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's very interesting. What would be the main thrust of it? You could certainly have the measly sort of landlord. I don't know what. I mean, you could have. Uh, that's a that's a good. I'm not sure actually how you would you would remake it. I mean, you don't get any. I mean, I might be wrong in this, but you don't get any. Is there any sitcoms now that feature a, a, a battle of uh, the races? Battle of the races. Or, no. or uncom uh, any kind of. Uh, and the neighborhood, which is an amazing, which is an American sitcom, which has got Cedric the Entertainer, uh, Max and uh, Max Greenfield as um, as two as two neighbors. Is that white? And white and black. Yeah, oh, white okay. and black. So, so, is, yeah, so Max Greenfield has moved into a um, moved into the hood. Yep, it's an he's moved into the hood with his wife, who was played who was played by um, one of the ladies from Two Broke Girls. And okay. and she and Cedric Nathaniel is married to Tika is married to Tika Sumptov. White couple moves next door with their son, and yeah, no tensions fly, and it's quite funny. So, but tensions in race, race tensions, yeah. Okay, is it is it fun things that each one supposedly does that kind of tension? Yeah, 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 yeah. and they both make mistakes, and it's kind of funny. Playing and the it's music fun. too loud. Yeah, that kind of stuff. To eat, what's this? And it's all different. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not in England, you wouldn't have that, maybe. I don't Britain. know. Would you have that? I mean, there that? hasn't been one recently, no. but I think we. C I'd, I'd be happy to have. I mean, I'd be happy to see one if it's done right. Yeah. Because you know, well, we still have racial tension, so th there's no reason why we couldn't have that subject matter. A bit of fun with it, yeah. So it doesn't everything doesn't <laughs> have to be <laughs> a drama. You, when, <laughs> when you say a bit of fun with it, it just, just a bit of fun. I've, 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 I've regretted. Uh, my actions there. Now we no. see a, a bit of fun. It does sound that. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, no, but when you say that, just that, that phrase makes it sound the the weight has sort of gone out of it. It sounds a bit, yeah, a just bit a bit flippant, you know. Just a bit of fun. It's <laughs> just a bit of fun. <laughs> bit of race fun. You can still have that. See, he, he was like. But he could you have it? Could, no, no, I'm not even going down that route. Yeah. Could you have it? No, come on, let's do it. Could you have it if. Someone's holding their hand up there. I don't know if he's waving. Ah, you're waving. Okay. Oh, we've been given the five minute sign real quick. Okay. Um, so, so that's worth that. That's worth that. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, <laughs> um, I think that was quite a good. I think that was quite a good answer to be to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think you you could try it. I'm not sure it would. Uh, I mean, no one would buy it. No, you'd have to do it yourself. Yeah, online. I, but then again, like most people, but then that's where most of the good stuff is. That's where most of the good stuff is, right? Online and on YouTube. That's what most people are doing now. Yeah, and I think the world. We go in circles, don't we? In in terms of most things, in 
fashion in uh, fashion of the arts as well. Yeah, in creative arts. So you you know as we as we swing one way, uh, recently uh, into into woke, mm. then we swing back into into something else. I'm kind of waiting until we can we meet. In, I'm waiting in until middle, we can meet yeah. in the middle. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's the first thing. Just that's meet in the middle. A comedian will say, uh, "Oh, I'm woke," and then when when they see a bit of work over there, they say. And what I'm not woke at all. I could yeah. do that job. Yeah. And then it didn't work out. So actually, now I'm woke again. ADHD <laughs> again. And they're going to go back to the neurodivergent <laughs> area. But you can be neurodivergent and right wing. So yeah, I mean, mix I've, the two. I've seen it happen. I've um, seen it happen. They're not. I think that would make a good sitcom. They're not mutually exclusive. Good sitcom. The neurodiverse, neurodiverse right wing person. Autistic Nazi. Sitcom, Ooh, sitcom. I think you're on something there. Yeah, yeah, quite, yeah. We'll write that next time. <laughs> uh, so, Andy, do us a favor. Could you look into that camera, that, that one there, and just tell the people where they can find you? On my socials. On your socials. Yeah, sir. of course. I'm on all the socials. Um, so I am Instagram at funny story, of course, because I'm very funny. <laughs> And your last uh, name is and story yes, but story <laughs> e y like a building, not uh, as one reviewer a very lazy comedy reviewer as they they're all lazy <laughs> comedy reviewers. One lazy comedy reviewer said, "Ah, here's Andy's story with all his his stories like his name, but it's not actually <laughs> spelled the same as that." So that's a terrible piece of writing. I find all reviewers, especially comedy reviewers, absolutely dreadful uh, <laughs> writers. You know what I mean? Anyway. Uh, Instagram, uh, we've said that funny story. Twitter uh, at funny story. Uh, TikTok, hey. not doing very well. But that's just my name, Andy Story. What other socials have we got? I'm on Facebook. I've got a Facebook page, which is Andy Story, the Orcordian Society. Oh uh, yeah, uh, which is really thriving. People really enjoy that. <laughs> I post uh, uh, every three weeks or so. <laughs> I get lots of co thousands of likes nice. and comments and things. They were supposed to about social anxiety and things like this and ADHD and stuff. And it uh, is a it is a good it is a good like if you it is a very good like I have to say myself. Yeah, it's nice some nice ideas there. Uh uh what are the social media is there? I think that's on my website. I'm getting a new website actually, but I've, you can have a look at the old one, it's good as well. Andy Story dot co dot uk. And I'm in Brighton, did you know? In May, Ooh, Brighton Fringe. Nice. I'm doing seven or eight dates starting on the 8th of May. And at, where am I? Carolina, Brunswick. Good venue. Different times and different dates. The first one is the 8th of May. I can't think what time. But it'll be, a, it'll, it'll be on all my social media. Um, is it a new show? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be very funny. It will be an hour of me uh, t uh, telling uh, jokes and stories uh, for my life. And um, we'll be very funny. And if you've seen me before, you, you know, unless you've got amnesia <laughs> uh, or you've had brain surgery uh, or been kicked in the head by a horse, <laughs> you will um, remember some of the bits. But don't let that put you off coming to see somebody because... It's art, you know, it's live, it's creative, and live art is a different experience. So, you know, if you've seen jokes before, who cares? People watch DVDs. I watch, you know, the same old. I've watched Rising Down millions of times. <laughs> Still funny. Yeah. Anyway, so that's where you can find me. I'm not doing Edinburgh. 
maybe never again. Like it's far too expensive, isn't it? I can't, yeah. I can't afford it. No, no. Really? But I, I like the Brighton. I like Tunbridge Wells. And Camden could be good, but the marketing, you really have to market. I did Camden Fringe last year for a week. Seven dates <laughs> at the Aces and Eights, Tufnell Park. Great, a great venue. Mm. And uh, my audiences were great, but very, very small. Mm. So you really have to, uh, not even an A-board outside the pub, so you really have to work. To get that. Work that people don't know there's a fringe on. They really don't. <laughs> but the people that were there came to see me, so it was really nice. I, li- I like working consistently. In Brighton, the dates are spread out, but it's, it's, I find that very difficult. Brilliant. But there we are. All right, wonderful. All right, that's the podcast. Well. Thank you so much for coming on, man. That's fair. An absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And that's all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. That was a seamless uh, conversation, I think. That was fucking brilliant, mate. Loved I loved it. it. I genuinely had a great time. Like, um, loved it. Uh, how come you've not started your own podcast?